The 450th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet365. Bet365 is offering new users a $1,000 risk-free bet. Sign up today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet365. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. And we're also brought to you by Game Time. Game Time has last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Use promo code CFBX for 20% off your first purchase. And in honor of Veterans Day, everything in our merch store is 10% off with promo code VETS. That's V-E-T-S. All proceeds from this sale will be donated to Mission 22, which is a nonprofit serving those who've served. Heidi Ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to episode 450 of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This episode is going out to Captain. Not only did he get to go to UFC 295 last night in the world's most famous arena, but he also made some money on his picks. Hopefully, he was he was telling us. So this goes out to Captain, one of our friends in the Discord. Make sure you get in the Discord if you're not already. I am one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. Should have been chalkier last night. Of course, the night everything goes to chalk, I decide I'm going to be a dog man. So anyhow, um, it was one of those events where I thought I did worse than I did. And then when I tallied everything up, I, I ended up doing OK. Um, winners for sure were people who watched the event. It was quite an exciting event. And that that would include one of my not one of my my only co-host here. Not only did he have a good betting night, but it was a fun night of fights. I'll be the one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. I think probably the reason your numbers felt better after the fact, because even when you were like, you know, usually if you hit, you know, 70 or 80 percent and it's all chalk and you're like, oh, I'm probably coming out on the bottom here. It, it, they're usually not such close lines, because I think here, even our yeah. favorites that were winning, you know, like uh, Castaneda was negative 115 by the time that fight actually happened. Um, which is incredible. Like his number just kept getting better and better and better as the fight rolled around. So like, I, I think, uh, I think having close favorites certainly helped. And, uh, was there, there was one underdog who won. Am I right about that? Two. Uh, Two I had Jessica Andrade won for me. That was a big hit. That Jessica, Jessica Andrade and, and Lopes are the only ones who hit, I think on the whole event. Right. Yeah. It was uh, it was a bad night for the dogs, and like I said, uh, of course I had to have a whole bunch <laughs> of dogs, but ended up okay. I went seven and five, pretty much broke even on my um, hundred bucks in every fight thing. You made money on that, which is almost impossible to do. You went eight and four, up sixty two bucks, which is especially hard considering like you hit a even money dog. That was it. The rest were were all favorites. Yeah, and, and like I said, just like really close lines. And yeah. I will say like those lines that we had on, because obviously we, we locked these in on Wednesday for our prices. Like the lines we had on Wednesday actually were a touch worse than they were come fight night. Because fight night, the, the lines just got closer and closer on almost every single fight. Yep, wacky, wacky stuff, but a fun night of fights. We should probably just jump right into it. Uh, it was last night, Madison Square Garden was November the 11th. Uh, UFC 295, Prohashka versus Pereira. I don't see... Did you see attendance or gate numbers? Did they release any of that, Gumby? 
I haven't seen any of it yet. Um, but to be fair, that's not necessarily the first thing I look for on Sunday morning. <laughs> no, it's true. It's not your money. Um, yeah, I don't see. Usually they announce these things at um, the after the event, but they did not. So anyhow, we don't care. It wasn't our... Well, actually, Captain was there. So at least one person was there. And I think his friend was with him. So two people were there at the very least. Um we had a lot of weight misses uh, or a couple of weight misses since uh, since we recorded our episode. We'll, we'll go through all that, too, when we get to it. Um, I don't s- we'll start with the main event, shall we? Alex Pereira did not have him picked, but he uh, TKO'd with elbows. Yuri Prohoshka, 408 into the second round. Like I said, we had Prohoshka at plus 110, but it was a, a tough fight to call either way um of course there's controversy people are saying it was an early stoppage uh thoughts on that thoughts on the fight go ahead so so definitely not an early stoppage at first watched it in my comment even in the discord was it was an early stoppage guess who said it wasn't yuri prohashka so if yuri yeah. prohashka doesn't think it's an early stoppage then it's not an early stoppage right he said he was out he said he was unconscious he was his body was just defending himself blindly which is yeah. maybe what more fighters should say about situations like this is like rather than make up an excuse that's not going to get you anywhere anyway might as well just say the truth um and that's kind of the beauty of the honor that is yuri prohashka um yeah. it, it was interesting to see how it happened because you know, we, we knew the pressure of Yuri Prohashka was going to be a piece of this. We knew, you know, him being super awkward was going to be a piece of this. And it seemed to work. I mean, he won the first round. It seemed to work for the first round. But I, I guess maybe just the the defensive striking of Alex Pajeda, is that maybe the spot that we underrated the most? Because he, he does move his head well enough that it didn't seem like anything Yuri could throw would land flush. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh... Interesting fight. I, it would be a fight I would want to see a bunch more times, but because um, because it, it very well could have gone either way. Guys are pretty evenly evenly matched up. Um, yeah, interesting to see Pereira not tower over an opponent like he usually does because so he definitely was the smaller man in the fight. But yeah, he's maybe he's um, putting or putting more uh, adding more to his game, or maybe he had more to his game to begin with. At, uh, re the defensive uh, grappling and, and striking and whatnot uh, like you're like you were speaking of yeah and i think too you know like that that's um that's probably something he knows he needs up in this weight class where he's not going to have just like a massive size advantage so it's it's clear he's been working on it he looked really good doing it also worth mentioning too this was my uh prop of the night was over a round and a half uh and just barely squeaked that one in by a uh, yes. little little bit there, about a minute and a half uh, we got in there. So um, I think it was negative 150 on Wednesday or on Thursday yep. when we, we recorded. Um, and yeah, like a little bit of feeling out process. Uh, and, and to your point, I, I would love to see this wind up happening again. Not immediately. Uh, you know, like no. Book Yuri with, you know, one of the people he's inevitably going to murder down in a weight class. Um, and then, I mean, I think. We, we've got to be headed to Pereira versus Jamal Hill, right? Like, that, that's the next thing. Yeah. yeah he, I, I know we called out Adesanya, but no, we don't need Adesanya coming up to light heavyweight again. So, it, yeah. would, uh, it would sell tickets, though. <laughs> yeah. No, let, let him run through Jamal Hill, and then uh, and then we'll see where we, where we stand at that point, right? I'd like to see – this is a, a completely – there's no way the UFC does this. But do you know what would be kind of fun? Let's run – Jamal Hill versus uh, Alex Pajeda for the title. 
And on that same card, let's do a co-main with Yiri and Izzy at, at light heavyweight. Let those two duke it out. Because, like, do you want to see Izzy go back and fight Sean Strickland again? Because I don't really care. Uh, it wasn't no. fun to watch. And, like, if he does correct it, then, like, oh, cool. This is the guy we thought was a negative 400 favorite the first time. And, and he actually is. So, like... I don't really care to see that. They've already got a middleweight title booked. I, I know Izzy said he wants some time away, but I bet you he's going to get that itch in like two months and we're going to see him in there again. Fighters taking time away is very similar to fighters retiring. It uh, doesn't doesn't tend to stick very long. So uh, that was the main event. This was part, I, I should have mentioned this off the top, Every fight on the on the pay-per-view portion of this card were knockouts, and this was the longest fight. This fight lasted, what, nine minutes? Nine minutes and eight seconds. So uh, we had some quick ones, uh, including the co-main event. I got I was wrong. Gumby was right. Tom Aspinall defeated Sergey Pavlovich. I'm not sure if Gumby predicted knockout via punches on the, <laughs> on the feet, but that's what happened. One and nine into the first round after Pavlovich um, opened Aspinall's eyes with uh, his power. Um, Aspinall brought it right back to him and uh, got the interim. Um, we'll talk about this in, in a second, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how, lo- how long the interim tag uh, sticks on this, but uh, Gumby had Aspinall at minus 125. Nice pick. Yeah. I, I said, yeah, I, I said, I thought Aspinall was going to get that wrestling going and, and bring this to the ground. But I, I mean, like maybe what we saw in Tom Aspinall's last fight, where we're like, damn, he looks fast. Is like maybe even more important then we talked about that, you know, because we talked about how, how fast he's looked in his last couple of fights. It, it's not in sacrifice of power either. Like his speed comes with the power um, and it makes him a really tricky out for anybody, especially when, you know, like I said, I, I think Pavlovich was at least thinking about wrestling possibly coming his way and worried a little bit about wrestling coming his way. Um, and maybe that opened things up. But the bottom line is, is dude, like Tom Aspinall is a problem. I think he is that de- well, I, I mean he's definitely right now the best heavyweight in the world. I think he'd beat John Jones. Uh I don't think John Jones will ever fight him. No. No, John Jones probably won't come back unless um it, it would be so dumb if they did Jones Stepe. Well <laughs> Jones Stepe for, for the real quote unquote real belt and then have um have Aspinall defend the interim belt, but uh, I wouldn't put it past him doing something dumb like that. It sounds like they will make him defend the interim belt, which like we all know it's the real one now. So who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah. But like if you if you did if you did him versus uh, Jelton right now, man, that is the most intriguing heavyweight fight you could do right now. Right. Jelton yep. versus Tom Aspinall. It's like two different weight classes. It kind of like how lightweight was, I guess. Lightweight's kind of uh, mixing back up again. But yeah, there is a a old name fighter division. And then there's actually. The fighters that are good still division. So, all right. One thing that is good is uh, our vets merch sale that we have we have going on right now at SGPN in honor of Veterans Day. Everything in the merch store is ten percent off with the promo code Vets V E T S. All proceeds from the sale will be donated to Mission Twenty Two, a nonprofit serving those who have served. So support a great cause and score some sweet gear. Store dot Promo code Vets and we're brought to you by Bet Three Six. Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book, trusted by over 88 million players worldwide. Prop size totals, live betting, Bet365 has you covered. And if you like boosts, you're going to love Bet365, like a 30% profit boost on your NFL same-game parlay. Plus, they even have an early payout offer if your team goes up 17 points. 
Sign up today and choose from two bonus offers, either a $1,000 first bet safety net or bet $5, get $150 in bonus bets. Just head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet365. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet365. Problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And finally, for this part, uh, we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football, as well as MMA. If you're watching us on our YouTube channel, you shall see they have MMA as well. Uh, simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. Gumby, do you have an underdog pick and play for us? Any sport? Yes. Yeah, this will probably come out before uh, Sunday Night Football. Uh, I like Jacoby Meyer higher than on his receiving yards. Uh, I think the Jets, with the exception of Sauce Gardner, are pretty terrible, uh, and he'll make a bunch of catches today. Fantastic. I just moved him into my fantasy lineup for today, so I should keep him in there, is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling Jacoby Meyer today. Okay. Watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over an Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with a promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of, of up to 100 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. All right. Moving along. Women's strawweight, Jessica Andrade, not shot. Like, uh, like not I shot. was afraid she was. <laughs> and Gumby was sure that she was. Um, took care of Mackenzie Dern with punches, 315 into the second round. Um, Dern, as I was saying in the discord, this, that was her 12th UFC fight, uh, her 17th fight overall still can't wrestle kind of can strike, uh, no strike defense at all. Um, and, and Draj ate her up. That was my big, that was the biggest underdog of the evening and surprise, surprise, Jeff Chalks had it plus 162. Yeah, I um, it, it's kind of a bummer. I heard she fired Jason Perillo. I don't know the story behind firing Jason Perillo, or at least just moved on from working with him. Um, she seemed to be getting so much better with the hands, right? Like it, it seemed like the last couple of times we saw her, you know, there was a jab, and, and she was throwing a jab a little bit last night, but it just seemed less effective. Maybe it's fighting Jessica Andrade, maybe it's not. But like the fact that she stopped working with one of the most well-renowned striking coaches in MMA. And all of a sudden, like her striking looks a little bit worse. It seems like a really terrible idea. Um, this is kind of the feeling we've had for her, though, right? And and maybe I'm I was silly for thinking she was about to break through that feeling, but she she just unless she develops the rest of her game more, you know, more completely, she she's just going to be like the eighth ranked strawweight at all time. Um, and and that's kind of where I see her right now. Jessica Andrade at this point should not be a ceiling to break through. That's that's the problem. She's probably, but, but the thing is, yeah, but the thing is for for Andrade and, and I know we were talking about her being shot, and I was one of the ones who said she was shot. She's clearly not as shot as I thought she was. Um, she she's still if we're looking at those recent losses, she's still losing to only top five opponents. Right, she, the losses were to Aaron Blanchfield up a weight class who might be the champ pretty soon. Uh, you know, Yan Xiaonan, who everybody was clamoring to get a title shot that she never got, and Tatiana Suarez, who people again are talking about a title shot. So, like, she's losing the top five opponents. Andraj is, despite having not won very often recently, still is a top five woman in both, maybe both of those divisions. So, like, yeah, it's still a ceiling for somebody like, like I said, unfortunately, Mackenzie Dern, who's probably the eighth ranked straw weight for the end of time. I think what we um, have learned is Mackenzie Durham will break your heart, boys. 
if you give her a chance to, right? So uh, be careful. Be careful with Mackenzie Dern. She will she will burn you. But yeah, it's there's always something weird going on with her fight camps and <laughs> everything. Yeah, I, at least she's not missing weight anymore. That, that's the one positive I can say about Mackenzie Dern. Um, maybe what fight 18 maybe when she by the time she hits her 20th fight she'll realize she should tuck her chin is not the first yeah, thing they teach I mean, you i mean if she was working with perillo i'd have more faith that she'll know that we'll see gumby's lips are moving but i don't hear a thing which is, which is <laughs> fun, so. i assume you're agreeing with me there you go i heard you laugh all right let's move on shall we our boy this guy doesn't break our hearts i was i put it out there i probably shouldn't have i uh put out some bad karma ask you when if Benoit Saint-Denis was going to break her heart at some point, but uh, definitely not yet. Boy, oh boy. I He had kicked, knocked out Matt Favola, 131 in the first round. I, I picked him to win via submission, sadly. I realized after I said it, I meant to I meant to say I, I thought he was going to, I was picturing him TKO on him. Obviously, I'm not going to go back on my pick now. <laughs> but I, this was, I, I was, I was picturing a TKO, but I said submission and I stuck by submission, but I, I don't really care. Uh, I like Benoit Saint-Denis. I am glad. He got himself another win and another finish minus two two five. He was one of the biggest favorites of the night. Yeah, and he, I mean, he looked amazing because the other thing was he wound up on his back for like a split second, and then he swept uh, Matt Frivola as if Matt Frivola had never spent a minute on the mat before. Like he, he swept him like he was barely there, um, and he tried like a shoulder pin sweep first, and and Frivola just you know did the the very simple thing to to prevent the shoulder pin sweep. He pulled his elbow out. But then he he just moved to a completely different sweep, put an elevator hook in, and and flipped him over. And it was like, man, the the ability to do that to a guy like Matt Frivola on the mat is incredible. And then when he gets to the feet, I mean, he started striking too and beat him up on the feet. So it seems like Benoit Saint Denis, who at first we were talking about being like a good wrestle grappler, kind of like we thought. Um, kind of like Matthews Gamrod is, uh, is, is kind of where I had Benoit Saint Denis before. It now is becoming more and more apparent that like his striking skills hang with a bunch of people in this division too. Like I, I think, I, and I think I said this on on Thursday. I would pick him to be Matthews Gamrot right now, and that's a guy who weighed in to be a replacement for a title fight. Um, I, I think he'd beat a lot of the guys in the top ten. I think he he'd challenge a lot of the guys in the top five right now. So. Um, yeah, sky's the limit for this dude. He is looking better and better every time we see him. I want to see him fight Islam. That's what I was thinking last night. Maybe he's not ready for it quite yet, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think going from Frivola to Islam is maybe a big step. Like I, like I said, yeah. I, I keep saying the name Gamrot, but it's mostly just because I know Gamrot's wrestling and his wrestling would probably cancel out. And I think he'd blast Gamrot on the feet. Um, but but like you could give him anybody in that range too. You know the yeah. Fizievs of the world uh, are are fine for him to fight. Um, RDA should he want to keep fighting? Uh, like a- anybody like that in that range of the top fifteen, give him that guy. Let him smoke whoever he's going to smoke and and wind up fighting the you know like these you know Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliveira types because he's probably a fight or two away from that. He is not going to be 28 until what middle of December. So that's incredible. He looks he looks yeah. way older with wow. that beard too. <laughs> exactly. That's why I probably should shave. Um, that this this man uh, does not look old yet. Uh, the Brazilian Brian Wilson came through for Gumby in the opener of the main card. Diego Lopez knocked out past Sabatini. And boy, did he ever knock him out? One thirty into the first round. Um, this is another 
guy with his grappling, kind of like Saint Denis with his already with his grappling chops. If he's going to start knocking fools out too, like like the, the crazy power that he has, wow! Uh, it's plus one hundred Gumby had uh, Lopez at. I think this is a really great uh, great case for people getting their uh, their prospect losses out of the way when they're on the regional scene. Um, because this is a dude who put in so much time on the regional scene. People had been talking about this guy making the UFC forever. He was in Kabache. He was in Lux. He was, you know, he was bouncing all around the place. And like, he, I think he learned a ton of lessons and now he can fight guys like, you know, Movsar Evloev and Pat Sabatini. And like in his first three fights, he fought those two guys and he's two in one right now. Like that's incredible. And he easily dispatched Pat Sabatini. Um, this is, yep. you know, I, I picked him to win. I'm I'm not going to take credit for thinking it would look like that. I I thought Sabatini would wrestle him and eventually leave his arm behind or something and get caught. I never imagined Diego Lopes would just absolutely run through him like he did. He ran through him for sure. Uh, so we ran through the main card. Speaking of running through, I went two and three. Gumby went three and two. Uh, let's go to the prelims quickly here. Uh, main event of the prelims: Stephen Ursic. Look, it was a pretty decent fight. Ursic versus Alessandro Costa. Ursic came through 29-28 across the board. Good test for Ursic. Uh, tough fight for him. Costa was way more game maybe than, than we expected he was going to be. Um, but he, uh, Ursic ended up taking care of business. Yeah, I love the clinical nature of Ursig, despite the fact that DC and, and Joe Rogan seem to hate it. Um, did, did you, I, you, you've listened with the commentary off. God bless yeah, you. Yeah, I did. No, um, I, I, I heard it this time. Oh, okay. So he they kept being like, he needs to sit down and throw harder on his punches. No, he doesn't. He's yeah. winning a technical boxing match. And when it yeah. turns into a slugfest, he's losing, right? Like he, he lost the second round to Costa because Costa, you know, let go of bombs and he got into a firefight. Don't get into a firefight if you're not a big power puncher. So yeah, I, I liked, uh, I liked the fact that he was sticking and moving. I think we laid out on Wednesday, um, that, that the odds on this fight wound up being close and it wound up being your lock. Uh, you know, the, the odds on this one wound up being close because people thought Ursig needs to grapple and, and he just proved he does it here. So, um, you know, still a top 10 flyway. Looking forward to seeing him again. Yep. Wild. Um, not wild. A, a good performance. A good uh, gutsy, you know, gutted out performance uh, for Ursig. So, yeah, interested to see. Uh, him going forward, and I'm also interested uh, always to go on game time and check out what kind of tickets they have last minute. You probably could have got tickets last night for UC 295 because game time has tickets for everything because game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance, game time has deals and tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals and tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more, aka MMA. Game time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CFBX for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CFBX for twenty dollars off. Get, download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And a place that will help you win some money to buy any tickets to anywhere you want would be Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea in the Hall of Fame Bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Start all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets. To craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays, download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit HOFBets 
sportsbook.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, next fight. This was a fun one. Women's strawweights, Lupi Gardinas versus Tabitha Ricci. Gumby and I were on the opposite side, opposite sides of this one. I came through. Split decision should not have been a split decision, but anyhow, uh, someone had Tabitha yeah. Ricci winning winning every round, uh, and then the other two judges rightfully had Lupi Godinez winning two of the three rounds. Um, went the way I hoped and thought it would. Uh, Godinez too physically strong for Ricci to get her wrestling going, and Godinez is uh, striking is getting kind of sneaky good here. She she rocked Ricci a few times on the feet. Uh, I had Lupi at minus one seventy. Yeah, I thought there was an argument that like in a and I think we were saying it in the Discord. I think there was an argument, a very bad one, but an argument to be made that you could give Ricci two rounds. Like you could give her the second and the third. Um, and I think every judge gave her the second. So I was like, maybe the judges will give her the second and the third and we'll get like a bad judge's scorecards here and I'll I'll sneak one out because uh, I was pulling for Ricci. But all three is just a wild scorecard. Um, I, I don't know how that guy came up with that scorecard. He's also the guy who uh, didn't give Nazim Sadikov a 10-8, which we'll talk about in a second, too. Yeah. Um, but to your point, yeah, like Lupi Godinez, you know, I, I, I thought this fight was going to be decided by the wrestling, and it was mostly just decided by the anti-wrestling, right? Is, yeah. is Lupi Godinez stuffing the takedowns and letting her hands go, and you know, I, I thought Ricci would have some success with the grappling. I thought she'd maybe have more success with the hands. She did drop Loopy once or maybe twice. And uh, I, I thought she was going to be able to do that more frequently. But really, the the volume of Loopy Godinez and, and just the, you know, moving in and out really quickly, putting combinations together. She, she looked really great on the feet. Yep. Ever since she got out of Canada, she's she's been on a roll. <laughs> she actually was on a roll before that. That's four straight wins for her. This is probably her. Yeah, looking through her uh, record, this is her biggest win in the UFC. So uh, she is definitely improving uh, for sure. So interested in, in seeing both both women going forward because they uh, both, I think, have futures in this sport. Uh, catchweight fight was next. Roosevelt Roberts missed weight, 158 pounds. Can't really... Um, Y'all shaming him too much because he took this fight a couple of days before it actually happened. Uh, Matias Rabeski ran through him or Matesh. There was a lot of interesting pronunciations of names. So we'll get to more of that in a second. But uh, Rabeski went through uh, uh, arm bar submission 308 into the, into the uh, first round. We had him at minus 600. Probably not much to say about this fight. Right. No, no. Uh, I'll, I'll just give an excuse for Roosevelt Roberts because when he was on the Ultimate Fighter, he was already talking about how 55 was hard to make. So the fact that he made it this close uh shows he was he was really doing work so uh you know props to him for giving it a try because some people don't even try <laughs> yes and then the opener nazim sadikov who did you fight dan how do you say this man's name because they, they were they were talking yeah. she say they say slava borshu <laughs> they, they were saying vyacheslav barsho like b b a r s h o w like like Dalton like, Varsho. Like Dalton Varsho. Yeah. Like yes. <laughs> Varsho like Darsho. Is it not Borshev? It's Borshev. And and here's the weird thing is that uh Bruce Buffer also didn't didn't say that. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm never like, you know, going to bat for Bruce Buffer in his solid pronunciation game because that's uh Joe Martinez is the solid pronunciation guy. But I can't imagine Borsho is correct. Um, no. I have to imagine John Anik maybe asked him and he didn't hear him correctly. Uh, but that, that, that was a wild one. 
because like no nobody else says that so i, I mean like maybe this is what we're gonna start calling them um maybe this is like the maybe this is like the jandy doba uh problem uh, again yes. <laughs> they're not jandy doba <laughs> Anyhow, it was a majority draw, 28-29, which is the wrong scorecard. 28-28 is the correct scorecard. Borshev won round one, almost got killed in round two, um, and then won round three. Correct? I actually don't mind the 10-9 second. I, I think um, okay. I, I think I'm, after rewatching it, I, I think I'm team 10-8. I think this draw was was not only defensible, but probably the correct call. I just think. He, he possibly did enough offensively in the beginning of that round and really at the end of that round trying to work yeah. his way out because he was the one landing the last two or three punches that you could argue maybe he made it close enough that you have to give him a little bit of credit and maybe the the duration and the dominance uh, and the damage, which he had all of them. But like, was the dominance not enough there because of, of the fact that he battled back? You could make that argument. But nevertheless, super exciting fight. Um, my, my point stands about Sadikov's wrestling. I made it on Wednesday. It's not good. Uh, yeah. you know, he, he scored a couple of takedowns, but didn't have any control. Like the fact that Slava just stands up every time you take him down is a really bad sign for how good your wrestling is. Um, but, but maybe the part that I missed the most here is, is Sadikov actually is maybe a little bit more dangerous on the feet than I've been giving him credit for. Yep, for sure. For sure. So this one ended up a draw, like I said. It was a fight of the night for the boys. So they might not have gotten their win bonus, but they got more um, via the end uh, end of night bonuses. So I went 2-1-1 one, and one on the prelims. No, sorry, I went 3-0-1 oh, in the prelims. Gummy went 2-1-1 one, one on, the, on the regular prelims. Now the early prelims. Jared Gordon did what we hoped he would do. Um, TK, we, we didn't, we didn't think he, he was going to st- standing, uh, knock standing knockout kind of in the clinch Mark Madsen, but that's what he did. TKO elbow and punches 442 into the first round. Um, yeah. D- didn't let Madison Madsen get going with his uh, grappling too much. And, and we knew he's going to be uh, Gordon was going to be too good on the feet for him to handle. Speaking of bad name pronunciations, did you catch that they were calling him O Madsen every single time? Oh no way! As if, as if he was as if he was Irish. Irish. Yeah. Yes. Oh, O Madsen's really moving well here. O Madsen with a nice uppercut, and it's like it's, it's a not make, hard. It's a make believe middle name he's got, right? Because that's Olympian. Yes, the, Olympian. The o stands for yeah. Olympian. Yeah, which is just a wild move. Um, but to your point about the actual fight, like incredible power generated in a very short distance by Jared Gordon. Um. I really liked it. Also, did you catch the part where he asked for a top 15 opponent after the fight because he's won four in a row? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't hear that. Which also, <laughs> give give a quick little peek to his record if you want. He hasn't yeah. won four in a row. No. In fact, he has two wins in his last four fights. Um, but he apparently is counting the Bobby Green headbutt and the yep. uh, Patty Pimblet bad decision. So he likes revisionist history like me. Yeah, like someone else that was in the crowd <laughs> last night as well. So I, I I think he was uh you know maybe feeling that vibe. Um all right, the next fight was a catchway it was a catchway fight decided beforehand, but we weren't told about it, right? It so like- I think it was decided after we after we recorded on Wednesday, but well before the weigh-ins. Okay. It was 138 pounds, John Castaneda, Gumby had him. I had Kyung Ho, they were calling him Kong, but who knows with them? It could be Kang. Um, usually you can trust John Anik, but not anymore. He, he got infected by those other two guys sitting with him. It was 30-27 across the board for Castaneda. 
bad pick uh, for Jeff. Bad, bad boy. And my lock of the week. Uh, my lock of the week. week. And I will say he did not fight like I wanted him to. Um, I mean, like why that patient, why no takedowns? I mean, I guess he was winning on the feet is the argument, right? Like if he's winning on the feet, why not keep doing it? But he wasn't winning by much. Like this was a fight that was a lot closer than the 30 to 27 scorecards. Um, cause he got, he got hit with some real tough straight rights, uh, from Kyung Kong. So, you know, like, I, I think uh, I think he needs to, while he's he's clearly hired a new striking coach and he's confident in what's going on, he needs to get back to what he does best, which is wrestle. Yeppery and fl- yeppery apparently is the word. Now, flyweights, Joshua Van, we weren't in on him. We should have. You interviewed him, Gumby, and it was the reverse jinx going on. Uh, he took care of Kevin Bor. Yeah, so that, this was a good fight as well. Um, our boy Kevin had one round of gas in his tank though, sadly, and he lost 29, 28 look really good round one. And then that ended. Yeah. I think, um, I think he's got more than one round of gas. I think the body shots, uh, did him in far more than anybody has been giving him credit for, uh, cause, cause van really put together a really like clinical, uh, striking concept and, and Boras won the first. Uh, so like he, he's clearly both of these guys, super game flyweights and being super young, like, you know, Lots of lots of future uh, for both of them down the road, and that's that's two and over Van too already at yep. like twenty two years old. Yeah, hopefully the UFC keeps both these guys around for a while, lets them uh, grow into into the sport. And then uh, the opener was a catchweight fight. Jamal Emmer's missed weight, but he bucked my bucked the trend of people missing weight losing. He came through and won for us. Jamal Emmer's took care of Dennis Bazooka. TKO punches forty nine seconds into the first round. This got the night rolling nice for us. Minus two fifty, we had Emmer's. And another pick I got right, and he did not fight the way that I thought he was going to, right? Like, I thought no. he'd get the wrestling going because he, he does have a good wrestling game, and Bazookia, I think, is pretty terrible in that. Bazookia's not good, right? Am I wrong about this? Like, he, he he was very lackluster on Contender Series, and it has now kind of gotten run over twice in the UFC. Uh, I, I don't know what he's doing, like, like, why the UFC likes this guy, unless it's just, like, a Ray Longo thing. Um, because, like, he... He's not able to strike with people like Jamal Emmers, who that's not even primarily what he's best at. So um, I'm not quite sure what the future is here for Bazookia. Um, He's probably going to get one more at least, though, right? You think so? 0-2 now? Maybe. Maybe. Usually we like to fire people, but we didn't. Um, We'll we'll, we'll let him live another fight. Uh, So that was the main card. Like I said, Gumby made 62 bucks. I lost 64. Maybe I didn't say that off the top. 7-5 for me, 8-4 for Gumby. Overall on the year, I'm at 60%. He's at 57% for the hit rate. But for the amount of money lost, uh, you're at minus 4.5%. Return on investment, I'm at minus 5.3. So you you, um, strengthened your lead a little bit there. Um, Our fancy plays, we both hit our locks, which was Castaneda and Nursig. Uh, Gummy missed on Ricci uh, as a dog. I had Borshev as a dog. That one ended up being a push. Gumby had main at the main event over one and a half rounds. He snuck that one in minus 140. I had BSD via submission plus 300. That didn't hit. That was the half of the uh, Superfan Jong, Hungry Man Jong Superfan parlay um, that hit, didn't hit. We had Emery's inside the distance, did hit. So close, got close. Um, as for. The fighters, Borshev, or Barsho, I mean, uh, Sadikov, <laughs> one fight of the night. And the performance of the night's Alex Pereira, Tom Aspinall, Jessica Andraj, Benoit Saint-Denis, Diego Lopez. So the f- full uh, main event 
or sorry, full main card got bonuses, which is nice to see. And I do have attendance in gate now. Attendance 19,039 people. We're in attendance 12.4 million in gate. So they can afford to give out some $50,000 bonuses here and there, right? Yeah, that's a big gate. <laughs> we got another UFC coming up this weekend. And then you people have, you people down there have Thanksgiving after that, right? So we're going to take a week off. Um, this would be UFC Fight Night. Allen versus Craig. I think we're back to the UFC Apex uh, as per usual. Yes, we are. Um, we'll run through the event quickly. Then we'll get out of your ear holes and your eye holes. Main event, Brendan Allen versus Paul Craig. Middleweight, five rounds. Michael Morales, Jake Matthews, Chase Super, Jordan Levitt, Peyton Talbot, Nick Aguiar, Luana Pinheiro, Amanda Hibas, Johnny Parsons, Euros Medic. That is the main card. Prelims, Jonathan Pierce, Joe Anderson Bridu, Chad and Helliger, Jose Johnson, Cesar Almeida, Christian Leroy Duncan, Mick Parkin, Kyle Machado, and the, the madmen in our Discord already talk about that fight which shows you what kind of uh, degenerates uh, we hang around with. Um, Jekka Saraji versus Lucas Alexander. Lucy Pudilova, Eileen Perez, the greatest featherweight in the world. Trey Ogden, <laughs> Nicholas Mota, Charles Johnson, Rafael Estevam, Ottoman Azatar, Darius Flowers. Did I get it all right? Thoughts on the event? It's the, is the Flowers fight happening for sure? Um, Not not for sure it's i'm going off wikipedia so not for sure you uh, talk i'll look it up i'm I'm pretty sure that one got got canceled okay. i think that one got okay. canned um but yeah no uh as far as is a fight card goes for the apex i mean definitely a letdown after this past weekend's card but i don't think it sucks as bad as people are making it sound like it does um because that jonathan pierce versus joe anderson Brito fight sick um, Hibas versus Luana Pinheiro is a really nice fight. I think people are sleeping on how good Luana Pinheiro is because she's had like a already a pretty good run in the UFC. She beat uh Randa Marcos, she beat Sam Hughes and Michelle Waterson, um, which is a pretty good run. Clearly, a uh, couple of prospects the UFC is excited about in like Peyton Talbot, um, Michael Morales, both of them getting a well, Pat Talbot getting his first shot and Morales getting his big step up. And this, uh, based on what we saw out of Paul Craig in his, his first fight at middleweight, this could wind up being a much more intriguing um, headliner than uh, the odds suggest, because the odds are, are pretty wide on this one, actually. And you are correct about Darius Flowers. I know people come here for correct Darius Flowers. Darius Flowers news and, <laughs> yeah, so that's the correct take. So that is next Saturday night. In the meantime, Discord is place bsportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Uh, also, YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe and check us out there. MMA Gambling Podcast on YouTube. Uh, Twitter, SGPN MMA. Gumby Vreeland, Jeff Fox Writer. I'm also Jeff Fox Writer on Instagram. I got a Substack. Get in there. Enter the Pick'em Contest. Read all my stuff at moneymma.substack.com. Get Gumby, more Gumby in your ears at the Top Turtle MMA Podcast. And all good things in the MMA world is at, not MMA world, sports gambling world, not just MMA. We cover everything at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Help us crush corporate gambling. We're going to be back tomorrow covering Gumby's favorite promotion, right? I love it. It's not Samurai Fight House. It's not, what's the other one in China that we like now? Oh, Happy Elephant. <laughs> yes. It's not that. It is Bellator. So it'll be me, Astro Boy, Jeff Fox. And no, no, Gumby will be riding shotgun. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.